All right, Jason, we're back. We got a bonus episode. You were nice enough to stick around. We're going to talk about all the different eyeglass styles. And I love this delineation because nothing says upper class like the monocle. And in case you're unfamiliar with the monocle, here are a couple of people who wore them. You got the penguin, again, Oswald, uh, um, Oswald Cobblepot. You got Mr. Peanut. You got Count Von Count from Sesame Street. You got Charlie McCarthy. This is basically... It's a, a single eyeglass piece, a corrective lens that people would wear in their eyeball socket, correct? Yes. So why did people use this, and what were the advances in technology for this? Well, uh, eyeglasses have been around uh, far longer than we kind of realize. This was mainly for uh, reading purposes where we would wear, say, uh, bifocals now. Mm-hmm. You know, or have oh, a separate set of reading glasses, they would use that, you know, the, the correctiveness of the monocle. I believe it was uh, just traditionally a, a magnification, so it wasn't necessarily fit to cover a particular, um, uh, I guess, as the solution for something like astigmatism or. Not a corrective or, lens is what you Correct. Saying. Okay. Correct. At least that's, that's my belief, yeah. Now, how did it stick in the eye? Because I imagine squinting all the time would have been really hard. You look like Popeye by the time you were 40. Well, and that that's what you did. Oh, you had oh, to no. kind of squint to hold it in place. That's why people really only used them when they needed them rather than just kept them in all the time. But didn't they have some spring-loaded ones later on that kind of fit into the orbital socket? Some of the Germans did this um, later on? Possibly. I'm not. I'm not aware of those. I think there were some later on they had some spring-loaded ones that were kind of fitted and it would go into the bridge. I mean, it sounds absolutely painful. It's kind of like uh, what happened uh, at the end of Clockwork Orange where, like, his eyes are kind of held open. Oh, yeah. Uh, but they're, it's kind of, I think it's similar to that technology. Wow. Where you just kind of, like, you know, hang on to the orbital yeah, socket. Having, and... having tried just a regular monocle now and again, um, <laughs> yeah. that sounds incredibly painful. Yeah. And very tedious, by the way. Yeah. Uh, do you have one? Is it part of your standard wear when you go and in, in do, do uh, lectures? I, I have a I have a magnifier monocle that I use, but I also have a pair of uh, uh, pince-nez mm-hmm. that those are, are uh, three times magnification, so I use those more often than the uh, the monocle. <laughs> We're gonna get the pince-nez in a second, uh, but those are on the list now. Now the monocle is often confused with a quizzing glass, which looks like a monocle, but it has a handle on it. Yeah, more like a, a lorgnette. Yes. Yes, like a Those lorgnette are, except just one thing. Just one, right. Now imagine this is yeah. kind of like, it almost looks like what a jeweler would use, kind of, doesn't it? Like it has like a... Oh, yeah, kind of like a jeweler's loop. Yeah. Um, but th- this is very different than a monocle, um, but they look similar. Uh, now explain a lorgnette for people who are unfamiliar with that. It's basically a, a pair of glasses on a stick. To be honest, it's a fixed, you know, um, they're meant to be not they're not meant to be actually worn across the bridge of the nose, but just held close to the face uh, when you need something to uh, be used to see with. Once again, it's not something they would wear constantly, but they would have it in case they needed it. And once again, it's also a very, very upper class kind of thing because they didn't need to read as often, shall we say, as someone who's uh, having to do that day in, day out. Right. 
Uh, yeah, it, it's, this is a very fancy thing. It's also it's similar to like a masquerade party thing where you have you know the mask that's Correct, on a stick. Correct, like a mask on a stick. Yep. Yeah, uh, this is a very then, funny modern way to say it is on a stick. You know. Right. <laughs> yeah. But it's what it is. Well, and I like the ones that are um, kind of collapsible. They'll collapse into the handle. Oh. So you can kind of flip them out oh. and hold them up to your face. The theatrical flick. Right, rather mm. than being all fixed in one position. That, I didn't. I didn't know that they did that. That's, and, and these are all reading glasses as well. So none, nothing much, we're talking about yeah. is really corrective lenses. Uh, these are my favorite uh, because they're so. You can have some very ornate and expensive ones, and uh, it just looks fancy, Jason. It just looks. It just screams. Mm-hmm. It just screams upper class. Because like the monocle, while you know, obviously Mr. Peanut and Mr. Moneybags all have these things. It's a symbol of the upper class. It felt very, especially when when you start looking at some of the German officers. It felt very military. Um, mm-hmm. The lorgnette is very. Lorgnette is very. Very upper class. That's something you'd see in Downton Abbey. You wouldn't see monocles there. Right. And it's a little more, I I believe the lorgnette's a little more feminine. A little dainty. It just, at least those that I've seen examples of, they are definitely uh, more decorative and made out of different, fancier materials than, say, what the, uh, both the monocles and the pince-nez are more utilitarian. Right. (laughs) Right. Well, now let's talk about the pince-nez. We've teased it enough. Now, this one's pretty <laughs> cool. There's two guys uh, that I've seen in pop culture that wear this. Obviously, Morpheus from The Matrix uh, has a pair, especially from the first movie. And Scrooge McDuck also has a very tiny pair stuck to his duck yes. bill. Uh, now, what are these? They basically, uh, not that they are spring-loaded, but they, they are... Um, tensioned so that they will fit across the bridge of your nose and that will hold them in place and they're not meant to be worn continuously but for when you need them you put them on the bridge of your nose teddy roosevelt ah yes is another one that comes to mind for wearing the pince-nez yes your references are way more fancy uh, and well-read <laughs> than mine uh, in case the listener hasn't noticed that already yes teddy roosevelt wore these uh What's kind of funny to me about these is there's a couple different technologies on how they got them to latch onto the nose. Some seem to be much more comfortable than others. But it's weird to me that they didn't just say, hey, here's an easy solution. Let's just hang it on the ear. It took a, you know, it seemed to take a while to do that. Uh, But I guess those are more permanent, right? The ear thing. Correct. That's if you're going to be wearing it for a longer time. And some of the very early eyeglasses. They did hang off the ear, so it's mm. not that they came up with it later. I think these were a case of they wanted something a little lighter that mm. could be used uh, quickly and easily without having to fumble for a pair of big clunky glasses and put them on and then worry about carrying them. Right. I have uh, a pair that my wife had gotten me for Christmas, and they're in this nice uh, solid case that um, pr- would protect them. And I had actually taken them into my eye doctor to see if I could get my regular prescription put in. And uh, she said, oh, no, 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 no. These are both uh, three times magnifiers. So they were probably either used by a watchmaker or a jeweler mm. when they had to do some really fine detail work. Right. And so I've kept them. There's a bit of a crack on the outer edge of one lens, but they are absolutely perfect for looking at the fine detail on some of the items that I get in. Right. What it what it's missing are the um 
there used to be cork pads that Ooh. would go on the sides of your nose. So I yeah. need to get those replaced. Yeah. Um, but that's originally there was just little pieces of cork there rather than, say, the silicon pads we have today. Yeah, I would imagine you can't really wear those without the cork pads. I mean, might as well just stick them into the bridge of your nose violently, and it'd be much more comfortable. Correct. Yeah, it's it's two little uh, strips of metal on each side mm. with no no padding whatsoever. Pinching your nose, which is where the name pinch nay came from. Yep. French. Pretty much, yep. Pinching the old nose. Uh, have I missed any uh, vintage eyeglasses, or do we cover it? Um, well, there's always your opera glasses that are fun. Opera glasses, and okay. those are just miniature binoculars that come in all different types of, <laughs> of forms. They, some are on a stick. I have a neat little pair that are collapsible and fit into a little leather pouch. Looks like kind of a coin purse, mm. but they uh, both both ends flip up, and you can adjust it with a little. A little dial in the middle. That's amazing. That's actually pretty cool. I mean, even today, if you want to watch a sporting event or, or at the opera too, um, mm-hmm. uh, the, I mean, imagine they still f- serve their purpose. People bring binoculars yeah, all they the do. time. Yep, they do indeed. Although, I imagine you would draw some strange glances if you pulled out some opera glasses at uh, you know a game seven, the playoffs, or something like that. Uh, probably. Yeah. Probably. But I feel like you could handle it. You feel, you seem like the kind of guy who'd be fine with that. If you're if you're dressed appropriately, <laughs> no one will say boo. That's very true. Uh, well, Jason, thank you so much for giving us an inside look, no pun intended, uh, into vintage eyeglasses. It's a great era for that stuff. So thank you for sticking around. No, oh, thank you. It's been a pleasure.